0: Welcome to Dice Mind, a podcast hosted by Brad Brown and Jason Kaufman to explore the intersection of life, games, science, music, philosophy, and creativity through interviews with leading creatives. All are welcome in this space.
1: I think this is the first time that we are dropping, um, in effect for those that are Christian, a holiday episode since this is Christmas Day um the 25th so for those that celebrate Merry Christmas and here's your gift from us um a fresh episode of Dice in Mind with a really cool guest yeah um you know we've been talking about this now for a couple weeks how it can be a tough it can be tough for the end of the year for many 2023 was Mm -hmm. um and I think you said it, you said it before we hit record. It was the best yeah. of times. It was the worst of times to quote right. Tale of Two Cities, right. Dickens. Um, that truly is the case for, you know, for obviously here at my house, yours at your house. Mm-hmm. And I know for many others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think this idea, you and I have talked about this idea of, even when we were talking about business, I think I referred to, we've referred to it even more recently, the idea of hope.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. How does, you know, hope is a fuel, I think, in the business world Um, and empathy and compassion can drive Mm -hmm. that. I think hope is something that can drive someone personally and being able to be introspective and look at, you know, if you're, if you're, hovering and hanging around the things that have been challenging to you and not looking at your successes um it's very hard to to have that type of hope yeah
0: and I think you know to complement our discussion from last week and it's relevant to hope is the importance of having meaning of of finding meaning in life of sometimes intentionally creating meaning in life uh you you just it has to be there you it's from the successes as well as the setbacks, uh, it's it's not so much about reality, as it is finding meaning in that reality. And so, so that kind of brings us to to today's topic. Uh, uh, not too long ago, uh, I w- came across an article in Scientific American, and and a it was so interesting and i remember i sent it to you i think i grabbed the pdf i sent it to you i'm like you need to read this because like this is the stuff we've been talking about and we ought to invite this guy to chat with us and the whole the whole little article which i actually read online uh was about campbell's right joseph campbell's hero's journey Right this this notion that uh, if you look across cultures over time, there's this pretty universal trend in in great stories about essentially the quote unquote hero who is set with major adversity in a sense dies because of it, but in other words his because of course it's misogynistic his or better their identity is challenged it reforms as they psychologically navigate the challenge and they come out right Ah, they come out kind of through this mini apotheosis a new and newly formed person but one whose life is imbued with meaning and we we see this man we see this everywhere we see this um well, and once you
1: here. if you read it 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 will be very difficult not to see this theme so many places you never would have thought
0: for, for and, and it is an ancient ancient concept and i'm i'm making some connections here that may or may not be legit okay i'm gonna own that but even looking at uh, the research of Julian Dewey, this French researcher who has, I mean, it's just amazing how he's done this, because he's done this like empirically with data, but you look at the stories of the constellations of the stars and how those stories I, I, we've talked about this, but not for some yeah. time and how those stories seem to span the cultures of the globe and can be traced back, um, almost genetically, but through through words, through memes, yeah. tens of thousands of years. And so things like the hunter, for example, like we in the West would Orion. look at at right exactly. Yeah. Um, or other things around the Pleiades, um, but like with the hunter, this is a notion that can be traced back mathematically with his tools 20 30 40 plus thousand years ago i mean that's that is humbling to me and that's invigorating to me and i i derive meaning from that and so back to your point about hope right that that so much hope is available when we look at the lens of life through meaning and maybe maybe vice versa and so to bring us then to our guest um uh Dr Ben Rogers who's a a professor um of of I believe it's organization and management right although he's he's social psychology background um he and his colleagues did research on this looking at using the hero's journey as an intervention they actually taught people to reframe their life story through campbell's lens albeit a simplified one of the hero's journey of you are the hero and you have vanquished this great threat which might just be paperwork at the office but it's all about how you tell the
1: story to yourself and i think the one thing um you and I knew this because we talked about this before going into the interview um, and talking with Ben, which was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I cool. would ask those of you who are listening, um, listen to the discussion, but think about the application personally. Yeah, to your own professionally, life, professionally, to your own life, it, because I think I believe I'm not going to say I think I believe that this could be um profoundly life-changing in a positive way if you go through this type of exercise um even if you go through it on your own you don't have to show anyone it gives yourself it allows you a time to focus and evaluate In effect, evaluate yourself honestly and you know a lot of us like to focus on failures or negatives yeah this really helped to t- to look at both and see how both, you alluded to this, or you said this before, how the mixture of both made who you are. And you have, and you and I have talked about this forever. I'm even probably broadening it further and then we'll go. I think it, it should help you all realize that every one of us has value.
0: Professor Benjamin Rogers' research explores the meaning of work and narratives in the workplace, specifically the way that stories we tell manifest in our organizational experiences to shape our well-being. His work particularly focuses on how these narratives can be used to design effective and scalable psychological interventions to help workers and people more broadly to find more meaning and improve their well-being. His findings have included how a growth mindset can lead employees to help others at work, what leads workers to conclude their boss has naively fallen for flattery? And how seeing your personal narrative as similar to a hero's journey can give life and work more meaning. All right, so Ben, thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Like um, like I said uh, before we clicked record, um, we were just kind of floored, a little bit mesmerized by the article you co-authored in Scientific American, on the hero's journey. It was hard to believe anyone did research on it.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited to be here and and talk about the research. Uh, I agree in one sense that this was this idea that I had because I've always been interested in storytelling and it connected well with my research broadly, which I'm sure we'll get into. But the idea that this really, storytelling based idea would actually have like long legs and sort of scientific and psychological research was something we're really excited about.
1: And I think, you know, I think it's important. I know we talked beforehand about um, whether you do a lot of gaming or not. I think that doesn't matter just because um, what you're studying, researching and what you've published um, I think sits above that for those that actually game. So Um, from my perspective, thank you for taking the time, because I think this is a subject that needs more, um, attention in the gaming world alone, if not from a broader perspective, if you don't mind, before we get into the article, um, we were talking about this beforehand, um, for the, my background is in business. I have an MBA. Um, what is just because you were talking about it and I couldn't get a word in with Jason, um, (laughs) Social psychology, Mm -hmm. what is that for those of us who don't necessarily understand what that means?
2: Yeah, it's a a great question. And I'm sort of an interesting person to answer it because I'm actually a professor in organizational behavior. So I actually sit in a business school and I study predominantly psychology at work. But I my training and a lot of my interests also span social psychology, uh, which I'll explain in, in just a second. So I kind of the, the world bleed into each other. Um, but the idea is psychology is generally you know, about what people think, how they feel, emotions, all those types of things. And social psychology is sort of how does that work uh, with any social type dynamics? So how do people see others, react to others, work with others? Um, view themselves within the world, and then the way it bleeds into my work is I essentially do social psychology, but with work-focused topics. So how do people find meaning and meaningfulness in their work is a primary interest of mine. And the paper, while it's, um, that we'll be talking about is broadly life-focused, it also has a couple career-focused studies and some studies that sort of speak to to um, work-related issues more broadly. But social psychology at its basic is psychology but within uh groups, social dynamics, all those types of things.
1: I think we could probably have you back. Be- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something that I usually say at the end, but I'm gonna say it now. Um we have to have you back on just because um <laughs> the organizational and business stuff just yeah touches uh touches the exactly the realm where I where I just have fascination. I don't have a psychology degree but um, being a leader and everything like that. It's just, that's an area that I could, I could listen for hours. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whenever
2: I have to explain what I do, I always say I study psychology at work. And so then I list off, you know, leadership, teamwork, those types of things. So, um, it's exactly the space that I agree. It's my, my interest. It's what I've dedicated my career to. So I couldn't agree more.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's
0: so cool. So, okay. So on that note then to pivot a little bit into your work, especially Mm -hmm. the work that attracted us. So, um meaning you know you had us both at meaning um where brad and i talk a lot about meaning in life meaning at work meaning in leadership whatever uh offline personally we've been friends for a very long time and increasingly we wanted to talk about that on the podcast so in scientific american very recently very recently uh you and your co-authors uh kurt gray mike christian and obviously there are others on the paper itself many others um big endeavor um You had this article this neat article come out in scientific American and it's got this irony laden title to lead a meaningful life become your own hero um which is funny because you know you also clearly are interested in not just meaning but um. You know, looking at your at your other work, humility and not letting the ego grow too big, and all those good <laughs> yeah. things, and and so your research, this specific study, and and the highly accessible, engaging, and colorful piece in Scientific American, it's about using Campbell's hero's journey as an intervention. Mm -hmm. for a more meaningful life and the the damnedest part is empirically across a series of studies some more robust than others you you actually demonstrated it worked Mm -hmm. like this can be done in a no pun intended meaningful way I'm wondering if you could just give us for our listeners just like the two-bit version and then maybe we could talk about how you actually did it Mm
2: -hmm. sure yeah yeah absolutely so just to take a, a very brief definitional standpoint as, a, as an academic, you know, that's always important. Is um So the hero's journey is this story structure identified by Joseph Campbell, who you referenced. And, you know, it underlies a lot of stories going back from ancient myths to any superhero popular movie today, as well as, you know, role playing games, all those types of things we've alluded to. There's this story, this sort of plot line that underlies a lot of that. And at its most basic, we we identify sort of seven elements of it. The idea that there's a protagonist, a hero. They have some moment of shift, which sends them off on a different adventure. There they're on a quest of some sort, so they're seeking out a goal. They meet allies, they face challenges. um, And then as a result of facing those challenges, they transform into something better, stronger, kinder, all those types of things. And then they end up coming back to their home community to, to benefit society. So that's the plot line in its basic mm-hmm. form. And so what we do in the paper is we kind of I'd say there's three very quick sections and I won't go into detail because we can dive into it. So yeah. in the first, we we boil down Joseph Campbell's original version of the hero's journey. So his was 17 steps. Um, and that's very it was many steps. And then also some of them are a little more uh outdated is not quite the right word, but, you know, women is temptress, these types of things that may, you know, go back 50, hundred years, maybe were a little more common. So we modernized it. And then we also boiled it down to a a scale. So a a measurable scale Mm -hmm. where we could ask people, you know, to what extent do you have these seven elements in your life? And then um, after that first section, then we went into a second where we just gave it to people and said, You know, if your life is like this, if you have these elements of this story, does your life feel very meaningful? And and across a number of studies, we showed that there was a really strong relationship between the two. But as you alluded to, you know, that's not correlation is not causation, all of those types of ideas. It could be the case that people who just happen to have really great lives answer positively to both. And so that's where we took the next step in the final set of studies where we took those seven elements of the hero's journey, and we made a quick writing intervention. So we helped people to identify the elements in their life. So for example, like with shift, we asked people, um, you know, what's a time when you faced a new experience that kind of led you to where you are today? We did that across the seven elements, then we showed that to people and comparing that to a control sort of reflection task we found that when people restory their life, when they identified how their life was like a hero's journey, they actually felt their life was more meaningful. They felt more resilient, and a, a whole host of things. And so, um, that's the the base the paper at its most basic of you know the three sections, making it into sort of something we can measure, showing that there's a relationship, and then sh- developing the intervention to really show in sort of a robust causal way that telling your story in this way makes it to a more meaningful
0: it it, what impresses me is how simple the intervention is Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like this is like i i I mean obviously i i read the paper um and i kept and i've been so looking forward to this chat because i kept looking for like okay but what did they actually do it, it's there's got to be more but in fact you pretty much just call, spell it out in the paper don't you i mean these were just essentially and if i'm wrong you got to correct me here these were essentially just fairly straightforward curated writing prompts of just getting people thinking reflectively for each of these stages
2: absolutely yeah it's wow. it you know it took a little bit of refining but mm-hmm there were very few you know probably our second or third try is when we started getting it to where we wanted it to be but and that that's fairly unheard of in terms of the type of intervention i work often you need to refine these things over a bunch of studies but we were struck by you know just helping people sit reflect take a moment to identify the elements just you know answering two to three sentences per question, right. and then showing them, you know, this is what the story of your life is so far, actually, and how it'll, and, you know, we didn't brief them on what the hero's journey was. We didn't detail that it was this really meaningful thing. We literally just yeah. identified the elements, gave it to people. And we have a lot of very open-ended qualitative responses where people were like, I never realized all these things that I've done or how, you know, much my trajectory has changed me and how i'm now benefiting because of the journey that i was on so um it's one of those ideas that i think is is simple but also surprisingly powerful just by helping people identify and connect to this story it seems to have you know pretty uh compelling psychological effects
1: yeah go for it brad No, I just, I, I can, you know, again, I'm, I'm a little myopic just in terms of how I could see this from both a personal and a business perspective. And, um, you know, I'm in a transition. So selfishly, I'm going to talk about me for a second. I'm in a transition. So, um, it's very easy, especially at the holiday times, you know, for folks who may have had a rough 2023, um, to be down and I could see the application of this. And I think this is where it really drew us um, change people's perspectives on themselves um, at mm-hmm. a time in their life where we're flipping the calendar again. Um, and, you know, in effect, you know, hopefully changed their outlook and, and have them hopeful for um, a better year. And obviously year is, you know that's arbitrary we have you know december 31st to january 1st is an arbitrary date but for most people um you know that's a big deal do you see this just again personal question do you see this as beneficial um in a business environment if you're doing like a seminar or you're working with organizations to drive more positive productivity i've always believed that um, people work better if they have hope Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to find their fuel that drives that for them to be productive. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I, people don't understand that when I hire, Um, do you see this as um, positively applicable in a, you know, business, whether it's a seminar, whether it's a self-study, whatever the case may be for folks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're doing some follow-up work on, to specifically sort of extend this more deeply into the business world. So like I mentioned in the paper, we have one study on where we have people, instead of retelling or restoring their life journey as a hero's mm-hmm. journey, we have them restory their career journey as nice. a hero's journey. So we asked them, you know, reflecting on your career so far, you know, what was the moment of shift that led you to the the position you're in right now, what are some challenges you faced in your career, all those types of things. And what we show in that study are, are effects that are really in line with other ones of people found their work more meaningful, they were more satisfied with their work, they felt more resilient to face challenges. Um, so all of those things that apply in the life domain also apply in the work domain. And we're doing a study right now, we're, we're in the midst of collecting it where we're actually working with a social work group Absolutely. And, how you know, mm-hmm. it's a perfect context because, you know, what they do is so challenging and strenuous and often doesn't pay off with, you know, they're not going to solve whatever social problem that they're doing. They're trying to better people's lives. And, you know, there's a sense of positive impact, but there's also this sense of the, their journey keeps going. And so we're, we've mm-hmm. developed an intervention of helping them seeing their ongoing journey as a hero's journey. So that we can hopefully help, you know, reduce emotional exhaustion, reduce burnout, all these types of things that, you know, you referenced in your question that people get really mired in the day to day experiences and then negative emotions and rumination, all of these things. And, you know, it happens with me as well. And so helping people take a step back and, you know, not do this in a fantastical way, not say your problems don't exist. You're amazing but helping them identify in like really authentic ways of their life. You know, how do these elements already exist in your life? And then showing like, you know, these stories that you love, that you pay money to go see in movies or pay for streamers, your life story contains so many of the same elements as does your work story. Um, And so we're just helping people sort of contextualize that a little bit more and, you know, take that step out of their, their current experience.
0: I just want to say something about that. I think that's such a crucial point, and I don't think, at least in this country, in the West in general, I don't think people understand that and they don't talk about it. Meaning is not the same as valence, right? There's nothing in here that says you have a good life, you have a bad life, right? Sometimes things suck and they're meaningful. And so this isn't, right, it's not Pollyanna-ish, like you said, it's not fantastical. This isn't about feeling good. This isn't about feeling bad or rating anything in terms of of, of is a positive or negative. This is discovering the meaning that's waiting for you to see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, t- to get a little sort of narrative nerdy on, yeah, please. You know, <laughs> conversation mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. you know, the most compelling stories are ones with stakes and with challenges and with mm-hmm. troubles. And, and, you know, that's not to say you should go have terrible experiences to get positive meaning out of it but life is challenging but that's also often what makes it meaningful and helping sort of give people that sense of meaning is to not dismiss the challenge and the stakes but it's to connect it to to broader values that they might have or to the way that they grew or were resilient in the end
1: yeah yeah and I could see I could see this just from um, whether it's life or business um, seeing those challenges and whether you failed at them or were successful at them, you've learned from them. Mm -hmm. Um, and as leaders, um, you can use this as a learning experience for staff. I think we have a problem in this country where, um, you know, you can learn from failure in business. You see this in startups. Um, startups are really good at that culture. Um, but as soon as you move, leave that startup phase, you know, people have decision paralysis because they absolutely don't understand what you're talking about. And, (laughs) and the good and the bad can drive their experience and who they are. Um, You know, have have you, um, and again, this is relatively new. I see this as, um, you know, you're in the stages now where this could be transformative um, in an environment, whether it's personal or professional, um, that drives hope, and again, I mentioned that before. Um, have you been getting feedback from folks even outside of your arena um, about, you know, what they're, you know, just feedback in general as of what they think?
2: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a wild journey, for for lack of a better term, uh, since the particularly since the Scientific American article came out, which I think really helped sort of get it into and the time, the time article as well, since Mm -hmm. those came out, it really, I think helped broaden our reach and what's been, you know, the people from the academic world reaching out and saying, Oh, great paper. And can we use your scale? Like that's, that's validating in its own, right. But I think the things that have been really like humbling is like, I've had a number of therapists reach out and say, like, I want to incorporate aspects of this into my practice, actually with clients. Um, what ways do you think that that would make sense or not make sense? Um, I've had people who just are fans of storytelling and, uh, even some people who studied under Joseph Campbell reach out and say, you know, uh, I was really touched by the way that you're incorporating his ideas into your research. And so, um, the, the breadth of the reach has been really, uh, amazing and very humbling in the sense of, you know, my job is to show, you know, that sort of the causality aspect of it show that restoring your life in this way has certain predictable effects that we can replicate. That's not like the sexiest way of phrasing it, but then seeing people take it and going like, I'm actually going to use this with clients of people who are facing personal issues, whatever, it makes me nervous in one sense, but it also makes me very excited that these ideas really are resonating with a lot of people and people who are experienced in sort of leveraging these types of things with clients in in a way that can hopefully help people down the road. Uh,
0: You know, for however little it's worth, I'll say, Ben, because this was the other ulterior reason I wanted to talk to you, we wanted to talk to you, because not just this is so clearly relevant to tabletop rpgs because it's like look at what this is showing like here's empirical evidence that this can be a healing healthy process and we're big believers in that and there are there are others we've talked to over the past couple years who are actively using right rpgs to to Mm -hmm. engage in therapy especially with kids but also adults but but as a licensed psychologist i 100 percent agree with what you just said i I read I saw the Siam piece and then I picked up the article and it was like okay you guys have basically not to be overly simplified here but you guys have basically rediscovered cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> from the outside through a narrative stance cuz that's what you're talking about and so I do think this has this has legs and and total transparency like I've been racking my brain for months now on uh, field finished a field study a couple months ago, but along the way I started thinking about the next step, and it's like, but, but how to do it? And I saw I saw your scale, or at least what I've seen from the paper. And it's like, oh, that's how to do it, right? This would actually work. So I think I think it's really well deserved. I think it's super cool. Okay, switching a little bit here, being mindful of mm-hmm. time. In well, in the paper and in the Siam article there's a fair amount of nerdiness another thing we found very intriguing positively yep brad's given two thumbs up for our, our audio audience um mm-hmm. there's a fair amount of nerdiness right you you mentioned lord of the rings you mentioned Frodo in the shire you mentioned star wars so okay gotta ask who in this group of 10 right who's the geeky one <laughs>
2: Uh, I would say it's a tie between me and, uh, Kurt Gray. Uh, he's the, we were sort of the two who who started on this work and, uh, different people have different interests and elements and we're, you know, the team was amazing, but Kurt and I were uh, the ones who are really foundational to this. Me, I think from a very nerdy storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. And then Kurt also is interested in the storytelling, but he actually plays a lot of role-playing games himself. So he was very jealous of that that was coming up. <laughs> uh, That's great. But yeah, uh, he's more of the the Lord of the Rings. I'm more of a Star Wars angle. And so we, we sort yeah. of meet in the middle.
0: Beautiful thing. Beautiful mm-hmm. thing, both.
1: I think, yeah. And I think that'll, I mean, obviously that'll resonate. We know we don't even, we don't always talk about gaming. We talk about, yeah. you know, faith, life, whatever the case is. And I think yeah, that's why that's this nice. is, this is so important. I know too. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm fawning, but I've studied productivity just as, as a layperson over the years and how people can become more productive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like these days, the hot item is like bullet journaling. Um, mm-hmm. And I could see someone incorporate this into their bullet journaling exercise and better, better create better opportunities for themselves to become more productive. Their journaling perspective, their task management, all those type of minutiae um, can be driven by an exercise like this. And from my understanding, I think you've kind of alluded to it before, this isn't a two-day exercise. This isn't a, right. a five-day exercise. This is something they can incorporate in spend a few minutes each day or spend a couple hours and get mm-hmm. through it i think there's real value in doing that and the yeah, fact that yeah. you know you're referencing lord of the rings and mm-hmm. star wars and i'm trying to get jason to play the lord of the rings role playing game um it's on the way.
0: It's on the i way. think only
1: i think Time it on only way. helps even it personally it helps me get jason on uh the
0: anything other than star trek <laughs>
1: yeah i mean we've been and jason jason's i mean we're both stuck we're old enough that we were very young when a new hope came out
0: hardcore into Um, into star wars you know
1: we were not quite kindergarten age when when that came out so for us we grew up when the when the prequels came out we were all excited when the sequel Mm -hmm. trilogy came out Mm -hmm. we were all excited so kudos kudos for um incorporating that because i think it'll resonate with folks too
2: yeah it's uh i think like I'm just really interested in storytelling broadly. So to yeah. really show my my nerdy cards as, as storytelling aspects is, you know, I can't count the number of screenwriting books that I've read and I've never written a screenplay. I don't have any like immediate plans to do it. I'm just so interested in like the craft of it. And really that's like, I've had these ideas about story structure in the back of my mind, um, stemming a lot from. I was really obsessed with the show Community when I was young, the the or like yeah. younger, not that young. Uh, yeah. And Dan Harmon, the showrunner, is he has this sort of eight segment story structure, story cycle that he's sort of known for, and it's essentially a hero's journey. And so yeah. that was sort of my exposure to the idea that stories have structure that you can you know use these formulas, quote unquote. But like imbue them with emotion and with meaning, with character and interestingness, and they can make these you know endlessly exciting stories. Mm-hmm. And that's just been in my brain. And then I was fortunate enough to enter a career where you know I'm studying meaning, I'm studying meaningfulness, and stories are just such a powerful way that people that's make cool. meaning. And so yeah. I'm able to use this like nerdy storytelling aspect of my brain like for good, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. and study you know really test out these ideas and see if they hold up empirically
0: so cool Ben thank you so much for being with us it was just such an interesting discussion with Ben and I know I I don't actually remember how much I said about this while we were interviewing and then we stuck around with him for a while after we clicked. We clicked stop on the recording and and really kept going. But I think what, what he and his colleagues did inadvertently is almost rediscover CBT cognitive behavioral therapy from the outside looking in and he he got that right and so they're not clinicians but but that's essentially and you, what they just thought. for just mm-hmm. for
1: people like me um brief what is cbt just yeah so that thanks I- so
0: i suspect quite a few of our listeners Ie four, but i suspect mm-hmm. that quite a few of our listeners uh have heard of this are familiar with it if you have ever been in therapy if you've ever done uh any psychotherapy raise your hand don't worry we can't see It's an audio podcast so if yeah brad's raising his hand um and then flip <laughs> and, fing- sh- and i'm raising a finger i'm not sure raising, how that-
1: raising a hand and a finger but go ahead
0: oh so i guess the therapy wasn't all that effective <laughs> no, it
1: wasn't.
0: <laughs> so um but more seriously we, we don't mean to make light of it but yeah. um if you've ever had psychotherapy there's a pretty good chance it was cbt everybody so cognitive behavioral therapy is very well established in the research it's it's the number one approach to therapy that's taught these days and it's been that way for a while it's not the only approach but it's the number one approach and in a nutshell instead of trying to teach someone insight it focuses on teaching them helping them to recognize their habits of thought, and their habits of action, kind of like when I walk into the kitchen, even though I'm just going for a cup of tea, right, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I walked out with a box of cookies. But there we are. And so, so what CBT does is it focuses on increasing awareness of one's habits of thought, like this always happens to me. No, it doesn't. That's an error of thinking. Or um, man, where did these cookies come from? I don't understand that at all. Sure you do, it's a habit of action, it's a pattern and we wanna interrupt it. And so that's that's what CBT is about in a very brief nutshell. Now we have the hero's journey. Think about it for a moment. Now we're saying, let's look at our lives, like like you said, Brad, before we dropped the bio in the interview, let's look at ourselves and our lives but let's reframe the yes. story we tell ourselves, and let's reframe it through the lens of, ha ha, I'm a hero. I have my sword. I have my phaser. I have my shields. I have my hope and my meaning. And the research, and this is the kicker, the research that, that Ben and others have done says this actually makes a difference and and this makes sense because the brain doesn't care about the separation between fantasy and reality so why not tell ourselves and i I don't mean this as a joke why not tell ourselves a better story about ourselves because we are likely to believe it and thereby feel better and thereby be better because of it
1: that you made that you know obviously I'm not a clinician. I'm just thinking about this from a personal and a professional perspective. And I think I said this, I don't, I think I said it, maybe I didn't say it before we until after we stopped recording. Um, This is, and I alluded to this before, this is a great exercise. I think there would be value in doing this. I think I even asked them about, you know, you know, do they look at this as a potential future, like seminar opportunity? I could see going through this exercise as a team, but, but personally um, I think there's a real chance that whether you look at it as your life as a whole or just your professional contact, you know, Venn diagram, do you go for the whole or do you go for the part? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can change your, your outlook on yourself because like I said, before we cut over, sometimes as much as we say um, everyone has value We are our own worst critics and we will think everybody else has value, but, but we don't. Right. Um, so, you know, look at this beyond the idea of they have used storytelling and all this as just the coolest engine to drive something that can really drive positive mental health.
0: And in the scientific American article, they introduce it through the lens of pop culture star wars lord of the rings etc so people they're talking to us
1: so let's go over to the gm corner um here we are i kind of actually let's just be in the gm corner and um just i'll hijack it real quick just because i know that there have been some um, I alluded to this in the last episode, um, some holiday purchases that I probably won't talk about until January. There's just so much going on that I can't yeah. evaluate it. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with some of the professional stuff going on, I'm still behind on releasing some of our captain's logs. So I actually put the captain's log book back on my uh, side table in the family room. Ah. Uh. Um, to remind myself of it, and um, I think to be honest with you, through the end of you know for the next week or so, yeah. really has been the last two weeks. Yeah. Um. I think that's really going to be the focus. I think you and I have talked, and I I don't know if I have the note up. I'll. I'll. This is kind of a spoiler in a way. We've talked about kind of the games that we wanted to yeah um, focus on in. 2024 mm-hmm. um and it goes without saying that um edge studio star wars franchise edge of the yeah, empire age of rebellion force and destiny that's on there <laughs> um star trek obviously is on there. This. um you know i think still um travelers hanging out there
0: yeah um, it does know. continue to call to me from yeah. the bookshelf
1: yeah, and, and the absolute worst thing you could do is to join the Traveler Facebook book group because I, I said that, I yeah. that facetiously because yeah. they talk about the science of the stuff in there. And oh. it is unbelievable. So even if you aren't necessarily a gamer of it, go mm. check out the Facebook. Um, but yeah. I'm just trying to think, I think that, um, you know, we have the age system yep. that um, we're still going to play through. Uh, Um, just some of my favorite dice man yes and i was i have an article that i'll have to show you sometime where someone did a uh like a mini research on the oh i'm thinking of the wrong game i'll go there next year or next time but um i love the 3d6 system Mm. the article i'm talking about is for the narrative dice system and comparing that to using a d12 dice pool oh you had to send me that yeah i saw and and i saw it a couple weeks back because um one of our prior guests al spader yeah messaged me um i didn't get a chance to even tell you this Um, he's he's working on some dice engine stuff and he had me cool he just asked a kind of a brief question about some of the math stuff um and al i think you're giving me way more credit than i'm deserved but Thank yeah, you. you really are l yeah uh, yeah you're really he is. um but it just it got it got the intellect flowing and i was thinking about the difference between like a 3d6 and a narrative and a d20 and a 2d20 yeah <laughs> and someone had wrote up
0: oh you know, i want to see that
1: because because they were trying to make this comparison that the narrative system really is the equivalent of like a d12 system but with symbols um I haven't. Oh. I will send you the article, um, oh. just because the past, you know, it, it's gotten lost in some of the other stuff we have going on. Because obviously, I'm we are recording. Intrigued. We are recording this just a tad bit before. Yeah, oh, always. Of course. Holiday.
0: Yep. Yeah. Always. So, um, oh, I long, see
1: long jam corner for me, but but that's ultimately going into twenty twenty four. We have a lot of games that are on the docket, and you and I were talking about. You and I were talking about guests we have some really cool ideas for guests i think this idea yeah. of us doing shorter episodes every other week um yep. and then having a longer guest episode um seems to you know we're still in that test period but i i am feeling i think i could say that for you we're feeling pretty positive about it
0: yeah you know that it's that's that's right that's just just started up um yeah. i agree i am too okay so for gm corner my thing and I'll keep this brief because of what you've said. I'm totally changing what I was going to bring up. Oh, no, I'm so uh, sorry. No, this is, no, no, actually, I'm not. This is, this is cool. Um, uh, I've talked about this before. Uh, I, because you have the other half of this set, uh, those, uh, so I have uh, the 3D6 set for the Expanse. Right? Yeah. And they're gorgeous. I think we have the Earth blue and white set. We do. And they are. Aesthetically gorgeous dice, and as dorky as this is, and I own it. Um, for for several years now, I've just made it a habit. When I travel, I typically will bring one, uh, like a die or a small set of dice, just because if I take them out, it gets me thinking. Yeah. Well, um, in this time next week, as we're recording, this is so a little before the 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 the, the end of the year, but this time next week, I'm going to be traveling for a while, as you know. And I wasn't planning this but as soon as we're done recording i'm going to go over to the bookshelf i'm going to grab my 3d six dice i'm going to put it in the bag. And while i'm traveling because i'm going to be it's far enough and different enough that. uh, I will be thinking about different cultures and different modes of thought in the future and having those dice there, even just to take out and hold and see for a moment. That gets, especially like on a plane, that really gets my thoughts going.
1: Well, and the idea that it's it's three six-sided die. You can go to an an old Yahtzee game and grab six-sided die. Um, And it's three of them. The idea of the stunt system, I don't want to terribly rehash everything we've talked about before. There's just something that has, the allure of the age system. It's very organic. It's such a sandbox environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think we've said from a you know high fantasy perspective, going into twenty twenty four, we were really going to kind of focus on second edition fantasy age, yeah, um, as our high uh, fantasy. There you go.
0: All right, well, everybody, we've got to go because I've got to walk over to the bookshelf and grab those dice before I forget. Uh, As always,
1: is that a euphemism? Nope. Okay, that would. Wow. Okay. Okay. I had to I had to push the atom up a little bit in this episode. I just
0: I'm just letting this stall out for a sec so just, everyone just, everyone can finish I their just, cringe.
1: I was just I was just I just you you seeing his face, he's like, Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, okay. okay I'm going to you. You well,
0: go with that, in in all seriousness, uh we we especially mean it this evening as we wish you be well, stay well for Those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, these are the darkest months of the year in more than one way. And while some of us love it and thrive in it, many of us don't. So take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay warm. We will see you next week.